Welcome to worship. My name is Sheila and I'm so glad to be your host for this online worship experience. If this is your first time joining us, we wanna give you a special welcome. Please register with us online and this coming week, we'll send you a virtual gift card and coffee is on us. This is the final week of our series about the Sermon on the Mount. Pastor Jason has a wonderful message just ahead for all of us. If you'd like to dig deeper in our sermon, you'll find discussion questions and more online at schweitzer.church next. And now, here's Jen with our announcements. Happy Labor Day weekend. That means it's fall and we have so many great opportunities coming up for families. Specifically this week, our Schweitzer Kids is starting up and our student ministries is kicking back up. And on Wednesday nights, there's no need to register. You can bring your kids to check in over at the Schweitzer Kids check-in area and student ministries will be meeting over here in the student center. Plus, we're kicking up pickleball in the gym and a few small groups. You can learn more about these things on our website. Check out the kids page, student page, or the groups page. And starting September 11th, we have four new classes starting up. These are a range of classes from in-depth Bible study to learning about cross-cultural missions to asking questions of our faith. It's a great way to take a next step in your faith, get to know some other people, and dive into God's Word. You can learn more about these classes at schweitzer.church classes. Last but not least, I'm excited to share with you our new Schweitzer Spark magazine. This is our fall issue and our first issue, and I hope you are enjoying it already. Some of them are already delivered by our great group of porch angels, and they made it to your house. If they didn't, that means we probably don't have your correct address, so you can update that on church center or call the office. Um, I'm also excited and thankful for our creative team who put this together. We have a lot of volunteers and writers and photographers who all made this possible. I hope you enjoyed this fall, and it also allows you to spark your next step at Schweitzer and take a next step. Thanks again for joining us today. Let's continue with worship. Thanks, Jen, for those great announcements. If you're worshiping with us live today, we invite you to join in the chat. Say hello to your friends. Give us your insights. If you're in need of prayer, we have someone waiting for you in the prayer room. Just click on the button and they'll be right with you. And now let's continue in worship.
As we come to this time of prayer, I invite you to join with me as we share our joys and concerns with God. Let's pray. Holy God, we praise you for who you are. We thank you for the gifts of prayer and of conversation with you. We thank you so much that you are there for us at any moment of any day. God, we lay our concerns at your feet today. We praise you for the blessings of our lives. And God, today we especially want to come to you with our concerns about following you. There are so many temptations in our way and our lives are filled with things that pull us away from our relationship with you. God, help us to stay on the narrow way that leads to salvation and to a great relationship with you. We thank you so much for the opportunities of worship and of joining together just to have this time to be with you in prayer and worship and study. God, we want to pray now in the way that you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we come to this time of offering, we wanna thank you for your support of the many ministries that happen here at Schweitzer Church. This week, we'd like to focus on student ministry. Levi, our student ministries director, is here to tell you about the great things that happened this past summer and the fact that they are not slowing down Great things ahead. Here's Levi. What's up, y'all? I'm Levi Zinn, the Director of Student Ministries here at Schweitzer. We just finished up a really busy summer and we're going full speed into the fall. Uh, this coming week, we're starting Confirmation, as well as a new series on Wednesday nights uh, talking about heaven and earth in the Bible, and a new series on Sunday mornings uh, talking about the Gospel of Matthew. Um, also, coming up this month on the 17th, we have a really cool fireside hangout plan. I'm so excited for this school year and I know our students are as well. Thank you for your generosity and support that makes ministries like this possible. Thanks, Levi. As a reminder, you can give online at schweitzer.church/give. Thank you so much for your support of ministries. It truly makes a difference. And now, Here's Pastor Jason with our message. Blessed are the meek, the poor in spirit, the peacemakers, the persecuted. Seek God's kingdom, care for widows, love your enemies, turn the other cheek, give, pray, fast. Ask and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. 
Matthew 7, 13 to 29. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruits, so you can identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain come, comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of the religious law. The word of God for the people of God and the people of the world. Hello and welcome. We're so glad you've joined us in worship today. So glad you've joined us to listen to the to the word of, of God, the words of Jesus that speak to us. I'm Pastor Jason, one of the pastors here at Schweitzer. And we know it's, it's Labor Day weekend. It's the end of summer. It's a great time to still be gathered as the people of God. And today, these words that we've heard for us, well, they're the finale, the finale of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The entirety of the summer, we've spent listening closely, walking slowly through Jesus' sermon that he gave at the north end of the Sea of Galilee, gathered around with people from all walks of life, from every nationality, at least those who would travel on those international roads that crisscrossed at the north end of the Sea of Galilee. He gathered with people and he began to explain and to teach what the kingdom of heaven was like. And as we've walked with Jesus, we've heard Jesus say some amazing things. He began with the Beatitudes, what we might call the, are the Beatitudes. But he talked about how God blesses those who are crushed or cursed or feel like they're on the outside of life. He talked about how uh, those who, are, who find the kingdom of heaven living inside of them are meant to be people who are salt and light. He talked about the need that we all have for reconciliation. He encouraged us as we walk along with him to starve the lusts that would divert us from our true affections in life. He talked about the necessity of being people who keep our word in marriage and in all other venues. He talked about going people who go the extra mile, being people who go the extra mile, about the need to love our enemies, about being authentic in fasting, praying, and giving. 
He talked about where your treasure is, there is your heart also. And he encouraged us to lay up treasure in heaven. Jesus talked about being willing to trust in the Lord and how to, to give ourselves to worry is, is simply to give ourselves to more trouble. He talked about how judging others is folly. Yet we need to be people who learn to discern along the way. And he talked about how the golden rule is something that we're called to, but it gets lived out with prayer. As we've heard Jesus teaching along a number of these themes, there has been, there's been something that's been undergirding it, and that is this. The love and the goodness of God is for everyone. And there is a place for everyone in the project that Jesus is unfolding through this Sermon on the Mount. There's a place for you. There's a place for me. There's a place for people who never could imagine that they could be a part of what God is up to in and through Christ. And while Jesus's wisdom is incredibly uh, applicable and it's practical, it speaks. uh, Oftentimes Jesus will bring up something that we believe or something we think or how we act. And yet at the end of the day, Jesus keeps bringing us back to the reality that no matter what we think or how we act, if we're going to be people who walk his way, people who walk in the kingdom of heaven, there's going to have to be a heart transformation that takes place. And so we've talked broadly, we've talked frequently throughout this series about how there is a need in each of us to have a transformation of our own hearts, to have that take place so that we can think and act in the ways that Jesus is laying out for us. Now, as we listen to those words, those, those final words of Jesus at the end of this sermon, where he brings us to the finale, he talks about how there's a, a narrow gate or a narrow way. And if we want to walk in the kingdom of heaven, we're going to have to go through the narrow gate and walk on the narrow way. He talks about different trees and how different trees produce different kinds of fruit. And he talked about how we need to be people who are like good trees and and we have good fruit that comes forth from us. He talked about true disciples and those who are false prophets. And he talked about how people can build on two different foundations. Along the way in this section, in this finale, Jesus is bringing us, he's bringing his listeners to a place of action. It isn't enough for those who've been listening to Jesus to say, Jesus is lit. Jesus is cool. I love what he's, what he's putting down. No, Jesus, in all happiness and seriousness, and with incredible authority, that's one of the things that Matthew says at the end of this text, as people listen to it, the people said he has got some incredible authority. He is asking us, and he's bringing us to a place of making some decisions about our own lives, of looking fully at the lives that we live and making some decisions. Maybe they're big decisions or maybe they're small decisions, but all of these decisions are incredibly important because Jesus knows this. He's no, he knows that at stake is your joy and my joy and God's glory. He knows that what's at stake is really life. Life is at stake. And he wants all of those who listen and all of us who listen to enter into the way of life, to be involved in the fullness of the life of God. And he also knows that that is not going to be necessarily the way everyone wants to go. So he puts out a challenge. He extends an invitation that is a real invitation, an invitation that is to be a part of the kingdom of heaven 
to walk in the narrow way, to walk through the narrow gate, and to take him at his word all along the way and to put his words into practice. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his, his seminal work on the cost, called The Cost of Discipleship, where he's, he's writing upon what Jesus says, describes it this way. Humanly speaking, we could understand and interpret the Sermon on the Mount in a thousand different ways. But Jesus knows only one possibility. Simply surrender and obedience. Not interpreting it or applying it in some form or fashion, but doing it and obeying it. That is the only way to hear Jesus' words. He does not mean us, he does not mean it to be discussed as an ideal, but he really means us to get on with what he's described. You know, one of the places where I've been able to read this, these final words of Jesus is at, is at weddings. It's kind of a weird place to hear all these, especially that, that last section about choose how you're going to build your house. I mean, on the one hand, it's, it's like um, that makes sense because here are two people coming from different places and, and they're putting a new house together. And, and as they stand together, they make promises. They have an opportunity to dis- describe and discern what kind of house they're going to they're gonna build together. But this text, when it's read at a wedding, it doesn't have all the fluffiness of like, 1 Corinthians 13. It doesn't have all the, the beauty necessarily of some of the Old Testament texts that speak of that sense of, of husband and wife coming together, but it has a real practical sense because it asks these two people who are making promises, who are beginning to set out on a new venture, what kind of life are you going to live? And this sense of, of this reading is about a, a real house where they live. And, and the reality is, is that what Jesus has talked about has real implication for every marriage. For every marriage has moments when when the two people who are living it have to be reminded that reconciliation is one of the things that's necessary for love to really bloom and to blossom and to grow deep and long and strong. When you come to a marriage, um, one of the things Jesus talks so practically about was the necessity to be people who keep our words. And to keep our vows, to keep our promises is so very practical for a healthy life together. When you think about Jesus encouraging us to go the extra mile, there's probably no place like two people trying to live together where there are moments where the last thing you want to do is go the extra mile. Or how about loving your enemies? We oftentimes think that our enemies are far away from us or on the, they're on the outside of our homes, but live with somebody else for a little while. And sometimes you'll look in the mirror and you'll find an enemy or you'll look to the person beside you. What Jesus is really driving it here. And I've, I've, uh, we've th- thought about this often as he is driving at the necessity that all of us have to trust fully in the Lord for everything in life. And, and all that we need, we are invited to be people who trust in the Lord. And so Jesus says there's a narrow way. There's a narrow way that we get to walk into the ways of the kingdom. And this isn't an accidental walking. It's not a walking that everyone else may embark upon. It's not a walking in the way of our own imagination or wisdom. It's not a way of our own doing. But it is a narrow way where we get to decide if we want to do it or not. It is a narrow way where there are actions that we get to take 
There is a narrow way where we get to participate with God, where we get to be known and know God. And there's a narrow way of humility, trust, rest, and joy. This is the narrow way that Jesus invites us into. As I've been thinking about this narrow way and this approach, I've been taken back into, an old, into a space in my own mind and memory. It was 2017 when I received a gift of traveling to Israel and seeing many of the places where Jesus traveled. I got to see the site where he gave the sermon and I got to see all kinds of other places that were significant in the life and the ministry of Jesus. And one of the special places I got to saw actually was a place that Jesus would have been able to walk around and walk through. But it was an experience of walking in a tunnel that was named after King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah was a, a king of Israel way back in the, in the early 700s B.C. And, and late 600s B.C. King Hezekiah had a tunnel built. It was, a, it was built, uh, dug in the early 700s B.C. And it carried water from one place within the walled city of Jerusalem down to the pool of Siloam. Hezekiah had the tunnel dug because without it, water from the spring that was its source would escape the city. And as it escaped the city, whenever the city of Jerusalem would be surrounded by its enemies, that water would replenish those who had come against it. And in Hezekiah's time, the city of Jerusalem was laid siege to by the Assyrians. And so Hezekiah said, we should divert the water from going outside to replenish our enemies to putting it down into this pool of Siloam. And in, dos, in, in doing so, it would provide water for the refugees who were filling up the city of David and seeking a place of shelter. And so, in 2017, I had the opportunity to walk in that tunnel. And it's an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing of just engineering. It's about a third of a mile long. At points, the tunnel is 30 feet below ground level below the surface of the ground. And over the course of its run, this tunnel drops about one centimeter per meter. It's cut in a switchback fashion. That is that those who were digging it, they would um, go maybe a meter or two in one direction and then cut back. And evidently that's how they were able to cut it out without having any of our modern tools. It's just, it's really an incredible thing to... Uh, to walk through and to be a part of. Taking a tour of that tunnel was both exhilarating and challenging. Its spaces were narrow. You couldn't take much with you. Maybe at most you could take a cell phone. And once you started, there was no place to really turn around. You couldn't back out. But once you started, you had to commit to walking through the fullness of the tunnel. And it wasn't necessarily the easiest thing to commit to it at the first because the water that was bubbling in the tunnel was water that was coming up at, at deep ground temperature, which is like in the, in the mid-50s, 50 degrees. Much cooler than you would like. And you've got to trust as you enter into the tunnel near its source that as you walk, you've got enough battery power in your cell phone or other people with you have got enough battery power in their cell phones to give you light to go through, and that just as other people have walked this tunnel, you'll be able to come out on the other side. And when I got to the end of walking that tunnel, it was amazing. 
That water that was so cool at the be- so cold at the beginning became water that was refreshing. And the unknownness of the tunnel, well, at some point along the way, you begin to realize that in this narrow tunnel, the only way forward, the only way through is to go forward. And you began to imagine what it must have been like for those who were cutting it the first time. How in this switchback fashion, they went here and went there and As they came from both directions, they met in the middle. How in the world did that happen other than by the providence of God? And you see, and not just see, but you experience, you're surrounded by the reality that in this narrow, in this narrow tunnel, in this narrow way, there is living water. And God brings life to those who are willing to jump in. He brings refreshing to those who are willing to jump in and walk. You know, the thing about Jesus throughout the fullness of this text, throughout the fullness of this sermon, Jesus never describes the life in the way of the kingdom as as a way that is going to be easy or that's not going to be without challenges. But he does this over and over and over again. He describes this way. It is good. Because when we walk with God in the way that he describes, when we walk the narrow path, when we build our, our lives, the fullness of our lives on the words that he's given to us in this, in this sermon, there is the goodness and the blessing and the presence of God. And in the midst of all that may come, in the midst of winds or storms or rain, torrents, whatever may come, he is with us. And when he is with us, there is life and there is joy and there is peace and there is trust. So friends, wherever you may find yourselves today or this week, however you may find it going with you, hear this encouragement from Jesus. You've heard his story. You've heard about his life, how he's laid it down for you. Choose him. Choose him, maybe in some grand ways, maybe in some small ways, but choose to live your life by his words and find his life surging in your life for your good and his glory. All glory to God. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with us today for worship. I want to thank the team for their great work on this service and in particular, Pastor Jason for his meaningful message. If you know someone who would benefit from this message, we invite you to share it on social media. We thank you so much for doing that. And now we invite you back next week for the first week of our series about Revelation. We know you won't want to miss it. Have a great week.